This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. The world is full of sounds that warn you about danger. Like if you get a little too close to a rattlesnake, you'll hear a rattle. But in the digital world, if your personal information is in danger, there is no rattling sound to let you know you might be in trouble. Good thing LifeLock has added the power of Norton Security to see more cyber threats. Whether it's potential threats to your identity, like your personal information for sale in the dark web, or threats to your devices like malware or emerging viruses. If you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can stop every cyber threat or prevent identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton can detect a wide range of threats that could sneak up on you. Join now. Get an extra 10% off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter the promo code BONES. Promo code is BONES. Be sure to enter that. LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter the promo code BONES. Promo code BONES. Get 10% off. I love it. LifeLock.com. All right. Welcome to episode 151 of the BobbyCast. Here with Jake Owen, which a lot of hype about this one. Wait, oh, no kidding. Did I get special music on the intro? I don't think you had that last time I was here. Well, last time you were here was episode 53, so it's been 100 episodes. And last time I wasn't here, I was at a different place. You have yeah. upgraded since I was here last. Yeah, I moved houses. Yeah. This is nice, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> Wait. It's pretty sweet. I was I, I did not feel threatened driving down you know, your, your hood at my, all. My other house, it was very exposed. Like you were, the front door was on the road. Yeah, I remember that. And I, but I moved there. What happened was in my old house, it flooded, and I had to buy a place like in a day. The house that I was in flooded? No, no, no. So but, um, my, I had a condo downtown. Right. And I lived on the top floor, and it was a really cool place, but one of the uh, maintenance men was, was banging on a, a pipe, and the water main busted. And it went through It's every, a water problem. It went through every floor. It was a million dollars of damage in all the floors. It went through everybody's living rooms. So I lived on what floor? Like the sixth floor? The sixth floor, yeah. Every every floor flooded, and they had to move everybody out of the condo. So they were like, insurance is going to pay for you a hotel. And I had a dog, and I was like, nope. So I went and bought a house, and that was the house there. I bought it in like a day. 
Right. It's cool, though. It is a cool house. Yeah. It's a cool area over there. But this no. is a great house. It's a great Thank place. You, and it's a great you. time to be back. And yes, I was wondering how people if people might be excited that we were chatting because... I haven't talked about it a whole lot, but the people I have, they were like, man, we listened... Your episode of uh, episode 53, because it was the first time you and I had spoken in a while, because we, I don't know, we just hadn't talked in a while, but we got into a pretty good fight. And, all right, it was a disagreement, but it was one that you could have with someone, because had we not been close, we'd have never been able to fight like that. Yeah. You know I, st- I, mean? I still don't look at it as a fight, though. A dis- I don't. Most, I listen back to it a few times. call it a fight. So I learned I was, a lot from that. My point is, if we weren't close, we would never have allowed that to happen. We would have either said, it's not worth it. Agreed. Or we'd have walked out. Agreed. But um, that was the biggest single show ever until I went on and did Dancing with the Stars behind the scenes. For a, two years? Yeah. Year and a half, I got beat out by Dancing with the Stars. You got beat out by me talking about like, I didn't. I didn't scenes. even get beat by John Mayer. Not John Mayer, not Chris Stapleton. <laughs> Yours, that, that episode yeah, see is there? significantly... See Chris? Yeah. John. It's a, a big one. So Wow, that's pretty... Why do you think that is, though? Let's, why, is it because... Word of mouth. Word of mouth? Or is it also... I think possibly it was because... There, you have a great knack of, of introducing and talking to people and bringing them out of their shell, but it's rare that you come out of yours. I, and again, so I, I kind of put you on the spot a little bit. A bit. Yes. I did. I did. But what I would hear from people, even our artists and creative peers, mm-hmm. was I've never heard anything like that between two people that I know going at it. And they would tell their friends. and That, that was a word of mouth show. Oh, right on. But that's how everything gets shared now. You know, whatever on TV. Like, how do you watch TV shows now? Like, if you watch something on Netflix, how do you get onto it? Oh, speaking of which, I've I've really uh, recently got into that. I've never had internet before. Um, I was always in a place where I didn't have nice, uh, efficient internet. Where I, it was always like <laughs> they start throttling me because I only had like satellite or something. But now, my friend, I have fiber, so uh, I've gotten into the Netflix. And where do I hear Netflix from? Usually, either some friends, yeah, which is a good thing for me because if I'm the kind of guy that's going to sit there and watch Netflix. Um, I will spend more time watching or trying to find something to watch than actually watching something. And my point is we trust our friends because they know our sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that show. People were just telling people about it. Like, oh, my God. Have you heard Jake and Bobby be friends? <laughs> we'll call it that. We'll call it be yeah. friends. What are you watching on Netflix? Uh, Did you watch Bird Box yet? Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that the other night uh, with my girlfriend. And she is the one who said, everybody's talking about this. We have to watch it. And it was kind of disturbing for me, to be honest with you. Um, and then the ending really disturbed me. Cause well, don't say what the ending is. I won't at okay. all. I, I just I, think, I would say this to anybody. Um, it's a cool movie, I guess. Uh, it's got a very interesting, just the way the whole plot is. Whoever wrote that. Is it's just- a book. I thought it was something about a true story, right? Was there- no, it's not a true story. <laughs> that's what, because when I thought... It's like a zombie story. It's exactly, not a true story. Exactly, because when I heard that it might have been a true story, I thought, man, I don't, I, I'm don't. i glad I didn't know about that that year. Yeah, you know, it, was, it was last year. It happened. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, it's not a true story. But uh, that was did you, okay. Did though. you like it? Um, no, no. I, I, I appreciate movies for uh, cinematography, and, and I think Sandra Bullock, who I hadn't seen since like that thing she did with Keanu Reeves or something. Speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen her since the speed days, but uh, she did a great job. I mean, she looks good, too, for... I mean, it's been a lot of years since Speed, so it's she looks, she looks the same. The I, I liked it, but I watched it early, early before the hype. Anytime the hype gobbles something up, it almost can't live up to, to, to the gobble. There's, yeah. there's almost no way that movie could have lived up to where it sits now. 
Because anybody watching it now is going to go, it's fine. But what was the hype I will tell you, though, as much as I said that I didn't like the movie and it was blah, blah, blah. Like, that was the night before last, I think, I watched it. So, like, the next morning when the sun came up, part of me felt a little guilty looking outside at, like, you know, the sunshine. I just just didn't know what was going to happen to me. So, I feel... I liked it because I have never seen a Netflix movie that was good. Like that I went, oh, it was good. And I watched it early. But Really? Yeah. What, what TV shows do you watch? I don't – honestly, man, I don't really watch any TV. But on Netflix. Like, oh, Netflix. That, that I've, I've enjoyed – I like Godless. I've been watching I've Godless. That. I like Westerns. I love good Westerns. Like, I'm, like movies like Last of the Mohicans and stuff like that. Dances with Wolves. I was always a big fan of those kind of movies. Um, so I like that. Godless is really cool. It's about – uh, this town where all the men died in a mine, and so it's just the women are left there to maintain this town and and uh, rebuild it, and people are coming in trying to buy the uh, buy the oil there. So that's cool. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I, I really hadn't gotten anything. In. What did your girl I, I, I do love I do love watching on. Um, it's only on iTunes though, but Mike Judge did Tales from the Tour Bus. I don't know if you've seen I that. I haven't seen it. Check that out. What is that? Different artists? Ba- so my judge basically was... Um, the Beavis and Butthead. Right. King of the Hill. King of the Hill. Yeah. It's basically that. But So he goes and he interview, he's interviewing, um, let's say, Johnny Paycheck, some of Johnny Paycheck's band or Waylon's band. And then it, it'll, it'll be like, oh, this time Waylon did. And then all of a sudden it switches to this cartoon of Waylon and its whole skit. And it's all these real stories that happen that he brings out through these interviews. And it's just really... An, it makes you go, wow. People these, this day and age that think they're badass are just not. Like, What's it called? Tales, Tales, from Tales from the Tour Bus. What does your girl watch? Because she has to rope you into things, right? Mm, not really. No, like, we have not. a lot of similarities where we don't tend to watch a lot of, um, watch a lot of television. Uh, and you don't count Netflix as TV? Like just me saying that, you didn't go right to Netflix? Uh, well, when I think just, I'm using, like, it's kind of like saying, like, hey, I want a Coke. And then they're like, like growing up and there's like a coke like sprite coke you know what i I don't know i kind of just use it as a a thing uh no i think just i I rarely if well like last night i sat there i watched national championship football game i guess that dates this uh podcast sorry that's all right everything's no listen we're talking about bird box it won't even be a thing in four months yeah but um okay and i think that's going to be what keeps network television live relevant live events right because we're getting into with everything music even my radio show even uh television like we want everything on demand when we want it right now and that's what that's gonna be what everything is and i actually have no problem with that i think a lot of people get upset because they i've been like that my whole life you just want it right now (laughs) right this second everybody's talking about how people want that nowadays because of social media and stuff like nah I've, i've been like that for forever you watched the game i did wasn't it pretty huh no it was. It just wasn't a pretty game. I thought. It, I mean, it was well played by by Clemson, yeah. but it just wasn't what I thought it would be. How's how's? Man, I haven't seen you. You went. Life is awesome. Well, you did the USA show, and then I went off into Dancing with the Stars. Right yes, before that did. started, we both kind of were like, "All right, see you on the other side." Right. And so how, TV's how, different, isn't it? Yeah, it's a whole. I, it's I, cool. On Idol, it's a lot of work. Did, yeah, that's the thing. When I did Idol last year, I went in for like four episodes, right? And I was like, "Oh my god, I spent thirteen hours here." Right. Then they used nine minutes of. Of all of the stuff that I did, so yeah, I kind of learned the hard way there. How was that show for you on USA? It was really good. It was, I mean, it was super interesting. And by the way, I feel like I, I, I need to text her back. I feel so bad I'm even saying this on your show. But so Shania Twain um, and Travis Tritt on the show together. It was the first time I'd really, I, well, I'd never met Shania, and I'd 
in passing met Travis. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the greatest experience. It wasn't so much Travis. It was like at the time, like eight, nine years ago, playing show and like his crew just wasn't cool to our crew. I forget what it was, but so I didn't know how to take, I didn't know how Travis was going to be. And I definitely never met Shania. Travis was a ama- I mean, one of the kindest, nicest, coolest dudes. Um, we had some really great talks about classic country music and my adoration for it. Um, and then Shania, it was, was great. Um, it's just interesting. Like she's in another, an, another world as far as, um, the way that I think she sees, because of what her career has brought her, you know, like I, I don't think there's very many artists that can relate to selling a hundred million albums. So what does she see? Like, talk about that for a second. I don't understand. Well, I don't mean to say that What's as if she, she thinks she's better than anyone. She's just, uh, I, I don't know. I wondered that. I wondered what her perspective was. Her perspective on the show was definitely about bringing diversity to our formats. What she did. I mean, when she came in, she wasn't necessarily, no one thought like she was the countryest girl in the format. She kind of was breaking barriers. Yeah. And I think that's how she sees it for all, for all um, artists, guys, girls, anyone that was on the show. She brought that aspect. Uh, Travis Tripp brought the aspect of wanting to bring back real traditional country, which I love too, but that was his thing. Mine was kind of what I am. I mean, I, I love all kinds of music. I love traditional country. Um, there's some, lots of new stuff coming out that I'm, I love. I feel like fall in love with these artists. And then, um, and then I love like modern pop, anything like some cool, any kind of music. I'm into all kinds of stuff. So, which I think anyone like our generation and below are like right. Napster shifted that yep. for everybody. When Napster became a thing and you got all this music for free, then you took all the music for free and it just kind of made you, Oh, things aren't right. Uh, consumed or the delivery system isn't regional anymore yeah. you get whatever i'll you never want. forget i mean and i mean this like i'm growing up uh, i always loved you know my dad liked randy travis and keith whitley and Vern gosling and guys like that and i love Dallin jackson and george Strait and these but they would always talk about as artists who they loved you know uh, alan jackson talked about how he loved uh hank williams and 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 Merle Haggard and guys like that. But at the time, as a kid, I wasn't going out to the store and spending all my money on, on Merle Haggard records and stuff. And my dad had this old Vern Gosling and Keith Whitley greatest hit CD. And anyways, when I got to college and Napster came out, I remember going, cool, I can check out Merle Haggard now. And I, and all of a sudden, I ha- I was able to check out all of Merle Haggard stuff or Waylon Jennings or Hank Thompson or you know, whatever. It got me into that. Now... As a, as a songwriter, as an artist, and knowing what that did for a lot of people as far as their income and how it changed the, everyone's world, there's a part of me that goes, yeah. Uh, that's, that. Oh, I was so mad at Metallica when they were like, you should not get this for free. Right. And I was like, suck it. I, I deserve it for free. Right. I was an idiot. And now you understand. Yeah, you yeah, get now I understand because I stream content that I create. Right. But here's the also, here's the thing that I, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm an advocate of. I love it. I love streaming. I love all these, these platforms because all I ever wanted to do and all anyone ever wanted to do that got on a bar stool or picked up a guitar for the first time was have a few more people at the campfire. You know what I mean? Like they're sitting there playing their song. They just kind of you look. You look up after you played some Bon Jovi song or something. And you just hope that maybe people thought you were good and more people came. And the only way for that to happen was for people to hear you do it. So on any of these platforms like that now, to be able to get the music out there quicker into the mass amount of people is what we all set out to do. And without it, we'd be a little bit of a disadvantage, I think. So I I'm, love I'm all for it. I, me too. Take it. Put it everywhere you possibly can. Uh, you know, for me, the issue becomes with streaming. Because I stream everything. I don't, I don't download anything anymore. I think most people are – I shouldn't say most people. I think uh, people that are on the on – listening to this, the techie savvier people are streaming most things. Um, the problem is how they're starting to 
kind of use the metrics to go, this song has this many million streams. Because I can, dude, I can spend 300 bucks and put a song on me farting and I can buy a million streams. <laughs> so I don't trust anything. When someone goes, oh, new artist, they've already got 7 million streams yeah, yeah. On, the, on this song called Honky Tonk Joe. And I'm like, guys, I can actually. I'm with you on that. So I don't trust anything. And now what I like about Apple Music. I use, but that's the thing about streaming, though. It gives you the opportunity to buy into whatever you want to buy into, right? Like absolutely. If you don't like it, pass on and go to something else. And you can go, you can listen to everything. Two things it does. One, for me as a person who, I really enjoy music and I have a, and I don't consider myself anymore the guy who is trying to break music all the time. I just play songs that I like at this point. I'm a personality. I just play songs I like. But I have people constantly going, "Well, there's 10 million streams here," and I'm like, you know what? I know an artist who has 50,000 streams who actually sells tickets and you have 10 million and you can't get seven people to come to a bar. Like to me, the only real piece of data is how many people will actually come and watch you. Yeah. That, well, that's definitely the truth. And the problem too. And I, again, I'm as a consumer, I love streaming and music to me just goes away. I, I love it. Let's go to the next song. Like I love it. I love streaming so much because I can just, I can listen to John Mayer then I can go over to Post Malone. Then I can go over and I can listen to Aretha Franklin. And it all costs the same. However, it also makes music a bit more disposable because of people like me. Absolutely. I absolutely believe. But there's, there's a lot of disposable music right now, though. Anyways, I think no matter what it is, no matter how people get their music, people recognize stuff that, that, that they relate to. And then there's the stuff that's just like here today, gone tomorrow sort of thing. As an and it, artist. There's always been that. But as an artist, too, that's what the artists have to understand is that it's a lot. It's going to be now because of this streaming. It's going to go. You better go. And it's going to be a lot more fickle. Like, I'm really fortunate. I mean this. As I told you earlier, as we were chatting off this, um, I'm so – I don't mean this arrogantly or nothing, but it took me a while to get here. It took me a while to be at a point in my life where – like I wake up some days and I, 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 you know, I'm thankful to say my prayers, that good Lord for what He's given me. But I look around and I think like this wasn't just given to me. Like I've worked hard for it, and and thir- twelve years into my career, um, I feel re- I'm really proud of that because it's a fickle business, man. Especially as I as as it's I, I see it too right now too with a lot of artists, younger artists. Their path is a lot quicker than mine was because of the streaming. Uh, when I first got my record deal in 2005, as weird as that sounds, it wasn't that long ago, but there was no iTunes wasn't out yet because the iPhone wasn't even out until 2009. So that's, that's crazy. Isn't that weird yeah, to think weird about to think that day? Yeah. But I look back at my career and I think about there were times I was frustrated because people weren't hearing my stuff faster. They weren't doing it. But now I think about that and I think, well, it gave me an opportunity as well as a blessing because it gave me an opportunity as an artist to learn from things I shouldn't maybe have done or learn from music I made and who I needed to be more as an artist that by the time I figured myself out is right when stream, right when that was popping off and people could stream it. And um, nowadays, like artists, you better have, have your shit together when you come out because you're going to be judged by that first song. And yeah, you can continue to pop stuff out because like you said, you can put whatever you want out, but... It better be quality, and it better be something that otherwise it's just another song amongst a sea of songs. And the sea is just flooding more than you can ever hold. Like it, and even on is... a good song, I find, and I'm sure you do this, I find that I'll fall in love with a song if it's a good song, but next week there's another badass yeah. song that comes out, and I'll go a few weeks and go, oh, I forgot about that song. As a consumer, I love streaming so much because it gives me the opportunity to listen to all I want whenever I want. It's just like a big Thanksgiving meal that never ends, and every day is Thanksgiving. But... As someone who has to use and have to hear people talk to me all the time about how good something is, I can't listen to anyone tell me anymore. 
It's yeah. Just, I can't look at well, metrics. Well, that's their job too, right? But I can't look. It's not, I'm not mad at them because I would do that too, but I can't look at metrics and that, that they're feeding me going, this has 10 million streams, and believe it. Speaking of metrics, man, uh, this is the this was the most listened to podcast last time. I just hope at this point I've been thinking. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like at this point in the podcast, slump, more slump. I've thought. Well, I've thought about it. I'm like, are we doing good enough it, to really as soon back you start up thinking that? About it, it doesn't matter. You want to you want to fight about something? Hold on. Let me um let me let me do this commercial real quick. I love a lot of things, right? Listen, I love sleep. I don't always get the most, but when I do, I love it so much, and that's why. My sleep number bed is so important to me. I'll tell you this. That when I, I travel a lot, right? When I'm in hotels, I always miss my sleep number because when I go home, I sleep so good. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed helps everyone from people like me to parents to pro athletes improve their daily performance through that proven quality sleep. And maybe you have a bed now and you disagree on you know, what the firmness is. The Sleep Number 360 smart bed lets you choose your ideal firmness on each side. So it's right for both of you, you know, because so many couples disagree on mattress firmness. Go in now during the January savings event and save up to 500 bucks on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Visit sleepnumber.com slash bones to find the one nearest you. Sleepnumber.com slash bones. Find the store near you. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacovas store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for 
treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Okay, so, um, yeah, I don't even know how we got started on all that. Let's, let's talk about some live stuff real quick. Because I think on the last time you were here, you actually, for the first time, acknowledged you had a girlfriend. Oh, thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, uh, that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It's well, like, no, no, we're, no. We're it is a around. good. Th- it is a good thing, and that was my intentions. Um, but see, here's the hard thing about having being like I came from. I had a lot of things in my mind and things, and it's and coming from having a family and getting married and having a little girl, um, and then then moving off to Florida. Uh, wasn't long after that. I, I I met Erica and and we started a thing. But I, there was this part of me for so long that was scared to admit that she was my girlfriend. Not to not to the public or anything, but like I was worried what my own daughter would think. Like Dad's already moved on that quickly. I don't know what it was in my head. Um, but all along, um, I've always known that like Erica and I have always just been like just so easy and so great. And she's like my my best friend. And uh, anyway, uh, how did you find out? Like. Was she like, I think I might be pregnant? Like, was she like, oh my God, I'm pregnant? How'd that all happen? Um, well, see, here's the thing, man. <laughs> I, I know how to make a kid, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, so I, go ahead. Well, it's easy. I, it's very, I, I don't know if we need to go into it on this on this deal, but I mean, everybody knows how the, the first part, how to get there. It's just a matter of, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, for, it's, you can't leave it neutral, you know? You put it in drive. Sure. And um, so... I knew like the day I put it in drive, man. <laughs> and, uh, and so when she told me it wasn't a surprise, it wasn't like, and I, I think part of it for me is, is that we're not married obviously. And that's the thing. Like, I just don't give a shit what people think anymore. I think I cared about what people thought. Like when I remember when I got married before and had my child or got married and cause my ex-wife was pregnant, I just remember reading stuff and thinking like people were like, Oh, here, here goes one of those typical marriages where they'll be together for three or four years and then they're divorced. And I was like, it pissed me off. And then you know what? It happened. And it wasn't because those people said it was going to happen. It was because of like her, like our own reasonings. And um, now this time around, I felt like I've wanted to keep it sheltered, but with, with feeling that way, I've also realized that um, it wasn't fair necessarily for a long time to Erica because I I never want to hurt. No woman ever wants to feel like they're like they're not they're not known. No one knows about like. And I guess I bring that up because you said last time you were on the show was the first time you really told people about Erica. And uh, I'm glad you said that because yeah, I I guess maybe part of me maybe should have been a little more. No, I don't. I think a little bit. I kind of crowbarred it a bit. I was like, "What's the deal? What's the deal?" And you're like, "No, it's cool." You were like, "Well, I mean, so not to put you in a weird spot." No, dude, we've been dating for like I mean three years, so. It's uh, you're not putting me in a weird spot at all, dude. I'm in zero weird. I'm in zero weird spots in my life right now. It's a pretty great feeling, actually. I've never felt this way. So I've never had an announcement to share like I'm having a baby. So whenever you guys find out that she's pregnant, when do you go? Well, we have to tell people. 
Like, what's that I was conversation excited. I like? told people, I would tell people. Publicly. Like, no, I, I definitely tell people publicly. Like, I remember when she told me we went to, uh, we were going to Bellevue to do something. She told me the day before, and I was so excited. I wanted to tell someone, but I couldn't tell anyone. But I realized, but I could tell someone that didn't know me just to tell them to get it off my chest. And uh, I remember we were in, like, Michael's or something to get something <laughs> for, like, uh, uh, like to craft and uh there was this lady standing behind us in the line and she was just kind of looking at me and i was looking at her and like kind of did that glance of where it's like a nice like half smile so they know you're a kind human being and she kind of looked like how are you today and like my answer to her was i'm awesome my girlfriend's pregnant we just found out <laughs> <laughs> and and uh eric was like what are you doing how come you're telling her she's like oh my gosh i said you're the only person that knows like, and, and she's like, what? I go, how does that feel? You're the only person that knows about this child we're about to have. And the lady didn't know who I was or anything, but she's like, wow, I feel really special. I said, you should. So that, that's my answer that's to how funny. I let people know. How did you decide to let it be known to the press? That's the other thing, Bobby. I didn't. Like, it was, I was doing this, uh, I did this cool thing over the holidays on Thanksgiving. I filmed this thing called Going Home. Whoopi Goldberg produced it. It was on NBC on Thanksgiving Day. And it was about me growing up and going back home and how much my home has made me who I am today. And part of it was sitting around the pool with my twin brother and my dad and my mom, and we were all talking about life and this and that. And I said, you know, I really want Erica to be a part of this um, because, again, like a lot of that kind of stuff, she just gets left out of. And, and I just, I'm making it more of a priority for me now. To, to I've noticed the reason my mom and my dad have always been together and, and, and why they've worked out so well is that my dad's always made my mom a priority. And and she's just as important as anything else he's doing. And so uh, I said, I want her to come out here. And so she came out and she was sitting there and we were talking. And I just, I knew that at some, here's the thing. I think in anything in life, you get ahead of it and don't allow something else to manipulate what you want to tell people. You got to tell them the way you want them to know. Yeah, it's your narrative to assign. It's your narrative. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've done the thing before. Like when, when I was pregnant before, we kind of told and they put a press release out. And then you have all these people like, these outlets that want to be the first to tell people, you know, it's kind of weird. So I thought, well, the easiest way I could do this, the, the TV production crew's there and they're talking. I was like, Hey, we should tell them about that thing. And Eric was like, what? And she's on camera. And I didn't tell her, I didn't tell anyone. And she's looking at me and I looked at Jared and I said, Jared, Eric wants to tell you something about what, what's about to happen in our life. And he's like, are you guys getting married? I'm like, no, 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 man, we're going to have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a baby and uh everyone from the people the producer of the show like they were probably thinking like jackpot baby we just got some new news but uh it was cool and then at that moment it was like a, a relief because i felt cool i don't have to tell anyone anymore this is on national tv thanksgiving night boom said it but there's still people every day like they're like you guys are pregnant <laughs> Do you get the people going, when are you going to get married? Is that, is that everywhere you okay, go? Okay, so check this out. So I went to a friend of mine's wedding in Dallas a while back, and it was and Erica was with me. We were walking around this little cool area of Dallas, and uh, there was this girl who said, oh, my gosh, you're Jake Owen. I, I've been to one of your shows. I said, you know, whatever. And she's like, can I get a photo? And I'm taking a photo with her. And her mom, she's like, Mom, this is Jake. And I said, well, this is my girlfriend, Erica. Um and she, Erica's starting to show a little bit, you know, and I said, we're about to have a little girl. And, and that her mom looked right at Erica and said, well, where's your ring, honey? <laughs> and uh, Erica, to her credit, I mean, she just kind of laughed it off, you know, didn't say anything. But those are the kinds of things that, you know, that weighs on my heart as a man. Like, so has me not marrying her has nothing to do right now with me not loving her or feeling fulfilled. I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm at a, we're at a different place in the world where... 
I don't know. Marriage is an interesting thing, man. How do you feel about marriage? I've never been married. I don't know. Dude, I think marriage is unbelievable. I think it's an unbelievable partnership when you find that person that's supposed to be that way. And I really believe that Erica is that person. I'm sure in some point in the future we're going to get married. But right now I'm just not in a rush to do it. Like everything in my life I've worked hard for to plan out. And I had a little bump in the road, which is part of life, uh, a few years back. But I had the greatest gift come from it with my little girl. And then during that time with my divorce and everything, my my career too was really kind of – boiling in a weird spot because right about the time you got what year was it you got the bobby bond show 2012 11 uh 18 uh 13 2013 13 yeah 2013 is right about the time that i was right after barefoot and bougie night was my first number one and for those first few years or when you were when you all had your show and i'm you know, everything was popping off yeah, you were me. crushing crushing yeah. and dude, honestly dude i'm fucking still crushing it i i'm sorry if i said the f no, you said it, i'm i am I'm busting it, man, every day. Like, I feel like I'm not any less behind than I was then. But due to perception, that's a big thing in our business. People don't see it, like, perception. And perception. And so having a song or two, I only had, like, one or two songs that just didn't go number one, like, died in 15 or 20. But, like, people think it's funny. I hear people now, they're like, this down to the honky-tonk is cr- crushing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are, <laughs> like... Jake, it's so good to have you back on the radio. <laughs> I just want to be like, come on, man. It what is, do you mean? Listen. Like, well, I haven't been anywhere. I, I, but it, I, be honest with you, it kind of makes me, it, it bothers me a little bit when people say that because it makes me realize, wow, they really did think I was gone. Like, I went away. Uh, okay, you did switch record labels, which, you, which kind of pulled you back for a second. And then people go, oh, well, Jake's switching record labels. And it did keep you out of sight, out of mind for a few months, to be fair. Huh. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Maybe it what maybe it didn't feel that way to me just because I was still out on the road. While everybody working. else thought I wasn't yeah. fucking while I wasn't doing anything, I was out there on the road literally not only working hard but like supporting band, crew, paying for buses and all and it takes a lot to do that and um it's hard to accept that when you feel like people are saying uh oh, it's where what's happening to Jake. But the only people, let me say this, the only people that are saying that and feel that way are also the only people that have seen it that way. Meaning, it's people that are so inside the circle, of oh, right. the bubble. They see it. They're the, like your fans and the people that love country music. You never went away to them, no. Because to them, Barefoot is still a, a jam that is as good today as it was when the first time they came out. It's only people in the industry that go, "Where's the next song?" It's only in the bubble that you felt that and that it existed. Because, like you said, you're out working and people are coming to shows. Do you think anyone cares what record label you're on? No, no, they don't at all. Only industry people that go. I do though. Yes, because that affects you every day. Now, someone listening to this now at home in Iowa, it doesn't affect them what record label you're on. Right. They just want to hear good Jake Owen songs, and they have a bunch of good Jake Owen songs. I got some good ones coming too, man. No, here, let me talk some about music. Jammers. I, I've said this publicly many times. I think "Down to the Honky Tonk" is one of the best songs, and I think it's the best song on the radio right now. Thank you. That one, I think "Speechless" is good. Um, yeah, they're killing it. They're killing it, but. I, down to the honky tonk is so freaking good. Thank you. And I'll play it. Here, here it is. And I'm not saying this because you're in front of my face. I said it. Not in face. I go down to the honky tonk. I go down to the honky tonk. I go down. I go down. That's a jam, dude. I love that one. That makes me smile. You know how often I get to smile at songs now? Not that often. Oh, thanks, man. I, I'm really, a lot of my new music, um, I went back to a lot. It's kind of a bridge. It's weird because I'm this guy that grew up on the beach in Vero Beach, but I love classic, cool country music. So it's kind of a blend between 
the beach songs that I love and classic country songs. And that was that one there is more on the classic country vein. And uh, ever since I started singing, I I love singing in a register that's low because my voice sits there. And I finally found a way to kind of utilize that. So it's funny every time I hear that song on the radio and I hear that, I go down. Yeah. I was like, damn, I never <laughs> didn't know I could get down there. It's a jam, man. I remember when I was doing Idol earlier in the year, you sent me I Was Jack. And I don't ever take music from people. And you're like, I know you're not going to listen to this. And so you texted it to me, and I was like, I'm not going to listen. But then I listened anyway. Yeah. And this song, like, did, I mean, it was a number one, but it really, it did great. It did better than a normal one-week number one. Yeah, it did really well. Um, and, and we're all really proud of it. It was the first the first song off my, you know, big, loud release. So it was a big tune and uh, it was a start to getting that momentum back. I think what we were talking about earlier, you have to have momentum. And I, I would say that to any artist as a, as a piece of advice that like young up and comers and stuff, it can, this, this world can be kind of polluted with the smoke and mirrors of it all. Um, when you have a, a shiny hit that, you know, your label paid a bunch of money and, and had regionals working and it for 50 and weeks and, yes, yes. and then you have a number one and like oh my god it starts and and yeah that's where it starts but it's it's almost like it gets harder at that point and um and so uh, it's nice to have that momentum back for me because the minute you can create momentum but the minute the momentum starts you know dwindling just a little bit which is just like anything like any professional athlete is not going to step up to the plate and hit a home run every single time he steps up to the plate. But you know what? Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm going to go out trying to. And if I strike out, which I've done a couple times, cool. But the next time I come back up, I'm going to try to knock it out of the park again. My favorite's made for you. I, yeah. I told you this first. No, you played it. This is what happened. You played it at Roddick's charity event. Yeah. So we went out to that event, and you played it, and it wasn't out. And I was like, dude, that's the greatest. I love Thanks, that song. Man. Yeah. So what's, what is this? What's the next one for you, by the way? I don't know. Are you now? You don't have to say it if you don't. No, no, no. It's cool. We, I have so. Much, I can't. We don't know, man. Oh, I'm gonna be the, honest you with you. I have people? some great songs, like really good songs, and um, I made made for you as a jam. And we're just we're bound to determine, man. I've got a. I'm. I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if you, you can see it. You've always had a chip on your shoulder yeah, for no. a different reason, but I don't know. You always come in with a good chip, a good healthy chip about something. Yeah. Well, I've always had a chip on my shoulder. I think from the beginning days, trying to trying to. You know, just like anyone, it's a it's a confidence. It's a that's you, a good thing. A competitiveness. Though. You, look, you looked at me like you flinched. Like, why are you saying that? No, I have a chip on both of my freaking shoulders all the time. Yeah, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it can take you to both places, super positive and super negative. But I think you're someone who has a chip all the time, and that comes from someone who has a chip all the time. Yeah, like, you constantly have something to prove. Uh, yeah, I do, but I have a lot more to prove after like last year and just like a lot of changes and stuff. And I'm surrounded by people um, now that are just they're just they're so great and it feels so refreshing to work with people that are so I've worked with I say that but let me say this though for 13 years at another label I worked with people that made me who I am today like so but they're they're just after a while at any place it gets it's like it's, it's like a relationship man you got to find ways to spice it up and when one one person in the relationship's not wanting to spice it up man you find spice elsewhere is that true? I don't know. That's what I do. I don't know. Uh, let me do this. Well, you don't have a girlfriend these days or anything? We can come back to that. Um, let me say this too. Jake has a podcast called uh, Good Company with Jake Owen. He's got a, a when are you going to be on my podcast? Whenever you want. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do I feel you like want. that would be cool, right? Because then I can ask you all the questions. You can ask me whatever you want right now. You can call me and ask me. You can say I want to come on your show. I have, There's no rules about what you can and can't ask me. That's cool. Or a venue where you can and can't ask me. I would have felt comfortable because we talked for about an hour before, and I never talk to people here. Oh, we've been talking for an hour. No, no, we talked for 
45 minutes before we even hit record. Oh, yeah. Because we were talking about business stuff and we were, you know, working together. I would have been fine hitting record on it. I just really try to put – here's my thing. If I lie, I can't remember it anymore. Yeah. So I don't – so I just say – I just put it out there from my freaking hemorrhoid to – Yeah, dude. I, I noticed that. You talk about that on the show and stuff. Like three Bothers times me. ever. But it's first thing in the morning, man, and it's like, ugh, you know what I mean? I admire that you'll talk about anything. My but point like wasn't some about things. the hemorrhoid, but it's that the good and the bad. Are okay. you still as weird as you used to be? Have, has all this fame and when Dancing with the Stars made you weirder? Because that's where we were last time. I said you were weird. I don't feel there's a fame element. I actually to it. feel like it's taken some of the weirdness away from you because you can't dodge it now. Like you're in so many different spotlights, and people are wanting you can't be as weird as you used to be. I don't understand what that means, weird though. But it's a good weird. It's but like, no, but it, that doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean weird? Define. I don't understand your question because weird is such a vague term. Um, how did I used to be weird and how am I less weird? And I'll answer your question. And I'll tell you why I'm not. Or whatever it is. But go ahead. I had a big breakthrough. But I'll tell you about that. You go did? Ahead. Yeah. I went to Onsite, man. Dude, I've been thinking about going there. Dude, it changed. It's the best thing I've ever done of everything I, I've ever that, done. We'll talk about that sometime off off this. I thing. did eight. It was eight hours for five hours a day of nonstop therapy. I bet it was amazing. The hardest thing I've I ever done. I could use that. It took three. I cried three days in. I hadn't cried in 10 years, right? Except for Route I 90, cried like two days ago. Except for Route 91. Um, and my mom, and that was on the edge of I haven't cried. I didn't cry. And because I never cried for me. Dude, right. I went to this hardcore therapy. I bawled like a baby. And I came, and it was people like Dave Haywood who was like, you got to go. And Nicole Gallion. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the people that like also <laughs> will admit that, that, that they've got to figure yeah. some stuff out as well. We all have to figure stuff out. And you know what? We never figure it out. Because as soon as we figure one thing out, it opens the door for the nine other things we have to figure out. Go boom. Yeah. The thing that I figured out is I don't know anything. I really don't know anything. I figured that out a long time ago that I didn't but know. I always it. thought I could fake it or I could just manage it. I don't anymore. I don't know anything. That's okay, though. I tr- I'm trying to be a bit more vulnerable. You know, I, that was a big thing for me. But I don't, I, listen, I'll always be weird. I don't even know what you mean by weird. You can elaborate if you want. Um, No, I mean, I think like when I first got to know you, like, I just didn't know. I didn't really know. I mean, you... You're who you are, you know. I think at first I was just trying to, you. I couldn't figure out if you were who you were, or if you were like the Bobby Bones guy on the radio, and then like this other guy when you weren't. You know what I mean? Am I? No, I feel like you're the same guy that's behind the mic in the mornings, and then the same guy off. You know. But I, 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 you have so much extracurricular things happening that I find, at least for my life personally, for me to be happy, I have to have outlets, things that like. Things that are like hobbies of mine that I love to do. And if someone said to me, like, hey, man, what do you think Bobby's hobbies are? That's a good question. <laughs> that would be a great another what do you, what do Bobby's you hobbies. <laughs> That'd be good for your show, man. What do you like, think my hobbies and are? And now here's this week's Bobby's hobby. He's going to try this one. You're like, maybe <laughs> you should try this. But honestly, I would say you're one of those guys, like a couple other friends of mine that are very successful. I don't know what they do outside of work. And, and that kind of, like, as your friend, as someone that knows you, it's kind of like, mm, that kind of bothers me a little bit because I feel like it's a piece of happiness that you're, you could. I'm not judging your happiness. I'm just saying you could add to your life by implementing a couple, like, super cool hobbies that take you away from the whole business side of things. My issue has been I have a hobby, right? And then I go. That's radio? That's not- no, no, no. Like, I'll, I'll find a hobby, and then I'll go, you know what? I can actually turn this into something. For example, I started to box, right? I bought two gyms in Nashville. I was like, well, I enjoy it so much. Why don't I get involved in it? Well, it sounds you know? to me like you like money. 
No, no, actually not at all. I like building things. Okay. Like from this podcast to a radio show, one market to a small box. I like to, I like to figure things out. And then once I get it, I go, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to something else. But I don't know if that's a hobby. Right. I don't know that I have, like I, you know, I would like write funny songs. I was like, let me just make a band. And then we tour all the time. Do you find that for your show a lot, and also along the lines of um, other, like artists, I feel this way too, like guy like Alan Jackson, right? Okay. Take a guy like Alan Jackson that came from Noonan, Georgia. Didn't have a lot. Was working, I think, at Walmart or something before he made it big. And then his, his tape got found on the airplane by Harold Shedd from his wife. Whatever. He goes from Noonan, Georgia to like, you know, a few years ago, it's like Alan Jackson sells his house for $30 million, right? How do you always? How do you stay to where you stay relevant and understand people as you grow, like into a life that isn't what's necessarily exactly like your audience? Does that make sense? I think, I, I've asked myself that yeah, too. Like you, you too. see certain artists. Have you seen how like? Uh, and I've always watched myself from from afar, like to make sure that I never like my my people that got me to where I am don't ever think that I've gotten to another level to like to where I'm too big. You know what I'm saying? Or flashy or anything like that. Uh, I think a lot of it's rooted in, yeah, I mean, I grew up the first 22 years of my life just gutting it out, right? And right. and being extremely poor and having to figure it out. And then now, you know what I do that is really cool? Because again, I have a job, even if there wasn't money, and I have a good career, even if there wasn't money attached to it, I still have a job that isn't normal where I get to go and do something for fun. I get to be goofy and write and create and write books. I mean, that's not a normal thing. But what I have found that really centers me is touring and meeting and talking to people. Like I do an hour meet and greet before the show and like an hour afterward, every stand-up comedy show. And just being able to spend time with people regrounds me every time. And I think that's – Have you seen the Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. I thought you would like yeah. that. You, she was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. She's great. And again, how does Ellen get up and, and relate? But then she gets up and you go – And she owns herself. Yes. Like she owned the whole yeah. I'm a lesbian thing and it started from the beginning. So you, like you said earlier, you take the power out of someone else's hands to assume and you, you deliver your own narrative. Things pretty cool. And I, to me, it's always been a focus to be able to give back because I was given to. Because yeah. people fed me. You know? well, you've definitely P- done that. PTA groups, church groups, uh, school. Like I wouldn't have got so, – Making it a priority to make it about other people has then made me go. I don't even matter. Like really, we don't. I don't matter in the grand scheme of things. People just think. Everybody, so what's your hobbies? Everybody on everybody on Earth is going to forget who I am at some point. Same thing with you. Eventually, right. unless the world blows up, everybody on Earth is. There's not going to be a single trace of Bobby Bones left in 400 years. Okay, what's your hobbies? I don't like, doing give me this. two think, hobbies and like in the next like like you have 10 seconds to think of two things you like to do that have nothing to do with work. I mean, I watch. I like net, watch Netflix. Is that a hobby? Yeah, that's cool. Cool, that's, that's a hobby. But watch, outside of that, I mean, do you like you know? No, you like to work out. You like to do stuff like that. I don't even like to work out. I hate it because hmm. I I just do it because it's work that needs to be done for me to be healthy. What, so wait, who do you know? Set me up with somebody. I know lots of people, man. But the thing is, is you're in. Na- I'm actually trying to get my twin brother right now to move to Nashville. It's, he's starting this new phase of life, and uh, I keep telling him. I, part of his, I think, frustration is is that he has not found a great girl. Part of finding a great girl is being at a place in your life where you're a good person that attracts a good girl. Otherwise, you know, if you're at a place in your life where you're just kind of like sketchy, you're going to attract sketchy chicks. And uh, so, I think. Um, are you? I mean, are you ready? Are you ready for somebody to be really serious with? Yeah, I'm, first of all, I'm, there's no sketchy about me. There's I'm just gone, and I haven't made it a but priority. But to a woman, to, that's sketchy. 
I've it, dealt though? with yeah, totally. If I'm gone all the time. Yeah, because I'm it's, not having sex with anybody. But here's the thing: I think to a woman, I've I've learned this. Like it, it's it's it is appealing, like work ethic of a man. They they see someone like yourself. They like works hard. You have a lot of things set up in a great way because you've you've worked hard for them. They get to be a part of that. You admire them for their work ethic. Blah 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 blah. But the there comes a time, though, where I don't care if you do what you do for a living. I don't care if some guy is a salesman for medic, pharmaceutical sales. If you're gone all the time, it's hard on someone. And so it's about finding someone maybe that's also gone a lot. I thought you were dating that girl on da- Dancing with the Stars for no. sure because she's hot. No, we never never dated. Never even talked about nope. it. Nope. I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. The first night she came to town. I figured this was going to be another one of your things where like you're like – you know, like kind of like somebody else in the bit, like it just organically worked out that way. But yeah. I can see you're, this you kind of would like that to happen, though, right? Not with her. Why? With Sharna? Why not? She lives in LA. It's, it, first of all, here's the whole thing, right? Has, but nobody's asked you this, I bet. No, nobody's I'll asked you about you the, the Sharna situation, but I'm just telling you from everybody that watched that thing and from my perspective, like every picture you guys posted and you're staring at each other's eyes and all this, I was like, dang, good for Bobby, man. She is hot. Here's the, the real story. By the way, I think we're closer now after the show than we were during the show. Because, duh. Because that was it was torture. Because I didn't know how to dance, right? And every day she was. But see, that's what she admires about you, Bobby. She now knows that you went from something you were uncomfortable doing. That, see, that's what women want. They okay. want to take you into something you're uncomfortable and make you great at it. Here's the story. The first day she came to town, she came over to the house. I said, "Hey, come over," because apparently we're going to spend a lot of time together. And she was like, "Yeah, we spend almost." She every came day. to this house. Yeah, she came hung out. So she walked in and was like, "He's a baller." I don't know if people think that. I don't know. It's a totally – of course they think that okay. when you pull up here. I don't feel that way because it's my house and I'm here all the time. So I don't know. You know how – I don't know. You can say whatever you want. I don't – but she comes over and I say, hey, listen, we're – I don't know what the environment well, is. Can I pause you for a second? Yeah. Because I'm ADD. Mike, I did notice for, for Bobby having such a nice house, why are you parked on his grass, bro? I had to leave you a spot. Yeah, but I could get in. I could go around. It's a loop. You know what I mean? It's a loop. Um, it's like, damn, bro. It's parking on the grass? We didn't. We wanted to make sure you... So you, you sacrificed yes, your grass for, for you. me? Yeah. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. I did that at a Christmas party recently. I, we all, we're, all, we're givers, right, Mike? Yeah. Um, I told her the first day. I was like, I don't know what the deal is, but we, I can't... I'm not going to fall for you. I said, I'm not going to try to have sex with you. I'm not going to flirt with you because I have to win this show. And I'm, I came here to win. And if- yeah, and that's why now after the show, you guys are closer because you already got business behind you. And now that the business has been settled, now I mean, you're, she, you're, lives, you, she lives in L.A. So what? It's you're tough. in L.A. Nine. You're in L.A. is fifty percent of the time now. You know what? I'll ask her. I'll text you her sh- and be like, "Hey, Jake said." But no, it was never a thing forever. But, but you know, like you like. But if it could be, you don't see yourself maybe pursuing it. No, I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. But here's what I also wonder. Go ahead. Because she is cute and she is that girl that like brings guys like you, like when they go to do the show, like they're uncomfortable and she's got to make them feel comfortable. So how many guys just like yourself that maybe have done the show, like same thing, like you wouldn't want it to be cheesy. Like you're just the next guy that like hit on her that she worked with. But she's also, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to hit on you. Cause I know, and she, I think all of her partners fell in love with her. Right. Cause she's awesome and hot. Like everything about her is like, Oh, totally be into it. Um, so, yeah, I didn't want to be that as well. I knew that if I was trying to be funny and flirt with a girl, I could not focus on what I had to do. There's just no way because I was so not good at it. I thought you were pretty good. Everybody else did too. You won. I, I didn't win because I was good. I won because I was okay and because you worked I, hard. I chose the other side of it to focus on. When two things are split and everybody's focusing on one <laughs> side, I went and made the people love me. 
and made the judges, you know, tolerate me. But I think you should just give her a call, man. I think you should just call her and say, I don't know, why not? What if she said? It'd I mean, be nice to have somebody that could see, you know. What do you mean? And also, I don't want to run her news, but she's gone, 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 gone. I'm not running her news. That, I, it's that's just not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Uh, well, I, I think. But thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. I just thought maybe that would be something, you know. But I'll keep my eyes and ears. If I ever get married, she'll be at the wedding. Yeah. Like we'll be that close. Cool. Well, that's good enough. Yeah, but well, you happened. definitely have. Never. I know people you surround yourself with, and you you definitely have quality females around. So. I have all females because I was raised by all females. My right. head producer, my assistant, my agent, manager. They have to be female. I don't trust dudes. Yeah, dudes are scum. Well, not all of them, man. No, but all of us are in a little bit. We have a scum meter. You know, we at least have a few few percentage scum points because we're dudes. Yeah. Some are 30, 40, 50, 70 percent. But that, that's that's it. No, we didn't date. Uh, that's it. I was like, who you know? You're not going to hook me up with anybody. I don't. I, yeah. I, I would just, trust you. I don't hang out that much. I, I wish I did. I, I don't hang out either. I don't go out. I don't, I'm on that. I'm on that Raya app. I was on that. Were you? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. But again, everybody lives in other cities. Yeah, you're right. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have time to go to New York. And well, I did it thinking that I would meet someone that would understand my life, and then it was became for me more or less like this weird thing of of knowing that I was saying hi to people that I would actually never say hello to yeah. ever again. So it was like cheap conversation. And I, I'm really, uh, in, I really like like good, honest, everyday, down home stuff. That's where I came from. So anyway, how did you know I was going to be on Dance with the Stars before anybody else did? Because you sent me a text and you were like, "Ooh, I heard you're going to do Dancing with the Stars," and you sent a little dancey man, and I was like, "How do you know that?" Because I know lots of things, man. Before lots of people, I do. Who told you? Uh, I don't remember who told me, but I, we 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 have a lot of the same circle of network people. So somebody oh, in your true. circle of network, okay. like we we have the same we have the same management. So yes, somebody probably okay. Anyway, uh, okay. What's when? You know what I like about what you're doing musically is. Of all of us talking about all the streaming music, I hope this is super engaging, man. Oh, this has been a long ass podcast. No, Dad, we're we're fifty minutes in. We only That's got a few more minutes left. Yeah, we're only fifty in. How long is this? Yeah, about fifty. Okay, let me say this, um, because I have to get a spray tan right after this. She's gonna. Be, I was wondering why you didn't look as tan as usual. I have a American Idol shoot tomorrow, and I have to hold it to the very last minute. Spray tan. I know. That's because I'm I'm so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to. I have to get a spray tan. It's part of the job. Um, we were talking earlier about music and putting it out a lot of the time. You haven't put out a record, but you continue to feed out songs. Yeah. Well, I've been getting worn out from my label about when. I mean, I, I literally just ha- I have a meeting tomorrow about it. It's They, they want to know when, I, when they want to put the record out. And I've just been going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm ready now. Are you going to put out a record? Oh, yeah. it'll. I think the record will be out by March, probably. A record? A, record, a real life record? Full record. Yeah, like 12, 13 songs, 10 songs? Yeah, ten to twelve songs probably. Go full post Malone, do like ninety. Yeah, I've got a bunch, but I'm gonna kind of just keep plugging away at it and keep pushing stuff out. Um, but I also, I also long for. I have this. One of my goals this year is uh, to make like a more of a con, like a conceptual record um, where it's all based around one certain thing. Because I've always wanted to do that. I feel like I've made a lot of great records, but there are a lot of songs that don't necessarily tell a story together. They're just songs and um when i listened to uh like casey musgrave's um, golden hour album 
those songs don't all necessarily all relate to one another lyrically, but sonically, this it makes you believe that they do. And so I've always admired uh, those artists that put together an album like that that kind of has a more cohesive sound. And I, and and that's how this one will be as well. But I just I want to get more into like the like Sturgill Simpson made an album um, that was for his son, and it was all the songs written for his son. It was actually the a Sailor's Guide to Earth. And um, when you listen to the songs, you would, unless you heard me say that or him tell you that, you probably wouldn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, and but when you go and I've back, listened to the record. 20 times, but yeah. I did not know that. that now, now that you know that, go back and listen to it. It's kind of cool. And I, I know Sturgill Simpson's obviously the cool guy to reference these days, you know, or whatever, when it comes to the country format. But um, I just, I think doing, just pushing the envelope a little bit. Like, I don't ever, I just don't want to become the same. I don't want to keep putting out the same kind of songs that people, it's like you said earlier, people expect something and you want to give them what they expect, but I want to give them a little bit more. I think it's also to give somebody a little bit more than they expect. I didn't say that here. I said that before we came on. Cool. Just so people know that they didn't miss a great point I was making, a brilliant point. That was a good point. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, what I'm saying was people want to know what they're getting, but you can slowly shift it. You can slowly yeah. shift By the time you do four projects, you'll be a totally different artist and nobody feels like you've left them. Right. Yeah. Let's do um, Let's do this list real quick. I'm about to be in a movie, though. What? What? It's a big movie, man. What What movie? I got. I, I Supposedly, there's some people I've heard that are not too happy that I got the part. Okay, now you're kidding about something. You're going somewhere. Go ahead. What's the movie? No, no, no! Seriously, it's a big, it's a cool deal, man. It's uh, okay. What's the movie? Can you say? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, I think I can say. Um, so it's got uh, Casey Affleck's in the movie. Um, Dakota Johnson, um, the guy from what's the what's the movie? The movie I believe the title is, and I hope these people when they hear me this, they don't hold me to this. But I'm believe I, I'm almost, I, I think the title is my is uh, the best friend. And it's a true story. It was there was a big article in Esquire written by the husband of this girl there from Fairhope, Alabama, and she got cancer, and um, it was just hard on him to take care of her. And she had this friend of his, of hers, her best friend, that called and said, "Hey, man, I'll I'll quit my job and I'll I'll move there and help you guys with all this." And he comes, ends up like sleeping on their couch, and was only going to stay for a few weeks, and ends up staying the whole time through this process. And uh, she ends up passing away, but it's the story told from the husband about how this guy was this unlikely person to be in their life at this per- at this moment when they're going through so much. They had a child; she's got cancer. Um, but how much he helped and how much he brought her her husband closer to understanding her, thanks to him. So um, I'm one of the friends of this guy, and you're acting, yeah, with lines, yeah. When do you start shooting? Uh, next month. Look at that. Yeah, in Fairhope, Alabama. How long do you shoot? For, I think, a month. Really? Oh, yeah. Look at you. It's exciting, man. I, I've been kind of dipping my, my uh, tail into lots of different things, but uh, I was really surprised to get this. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't know why, but... And I've never been one of these guys either that's going to, again, like lose touch with what, I really, what really brought me to the table, but... As you said earlier, I mean, I feel like I'm at a place in life where I can try and do a lot of different things, and it's about taking risks and kind of putting my, and putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation, a la Dancing with the Stars. Um, and I've never acted before, and I've never done that. And I kind of want to be pushed. I want to see if I can do it. That's pretty cool. I could fall. I could be terrible. I could, you know, but I'm gonna do it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, yeah. Art, Art DiCaprio's pissed. You got his role. There was a few people I think that no, I wasn't DiCaprio. There was a few people though that I heard like wanted it because I, I, I it surprised me. So I'm excited. 
Uh, the last thing you, we'll end with this list here. The last thing you blank. Last thing, uh, last TV show you binged. Uh, probably Eastbound and Down. Last album you listened to all the way through. Ooh, all the way through last album. You don't have to go fast. Uh, this uh, band called Bob Moses. Okay. Last app you downloaded. Ooh, it's all about bettering yourself, man. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I downloaded this app called Task, and basically what it is, it helps me compartmentalize my life. So today, or, uh, today our deal was, uh, if I go back to my today thing, it shows Bobby Bones podcast, 630. I met with my business manager at my farm. Basically, when you add something, like an, I have ideas all the time. And so I wanted a way that when I got an idea to be able to put it on my phone or somewhere and I can store it away in a different box. Like maybe that idea doesn't need to happen today, but it needs to happen this day, or it needs to happen by that day, or one day. Or maybe it's just a dream box. It's got it filters all my ideas. And it's called tasks. Task. Uh, the last person you follow on Instagram. Mm, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, man. it's tough. I, can, I will say this: I'm I'm struggling with Instagram lately, and and struggling with Twitter. Um, I think I've been turned off by just generic content that I see, like people put out there, which I get is is day to day life, and people want to see that. But uh, I haven't really posted that much stuff lately. I used to be on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, you were one of the originators of somebody with uh, like a, a music platform using like Twitter. You were right. pretty revolutionary for country music. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to figure out a way to come back. That's what we were talking about earlier, in a way, but. Come, I'm gonna come back and do it more because I love doing it. I just I feel like it's you just become piled in with all this other random stuff that doesn't matter. And uh, what my I think I'm gonna do is maybe I should tell you off, but off this thing is a pretty cool idea for the, like Instagram like stories and stuff like that. Yeah, actually I'm not I'm gonna just say it. And then if someone does it, then but I'm kind of wanna I'm gonna make like a mini like docu series movie, but like where every story like the story of each 15 seconds that you're seeing is like done, but it's done live. It's not done like you did it and produced it and then added it, uploaded it to your story. So it's gonna take some good intertwining, but I have a pretty good uh, idea for what that shall be. The last thing you read about yourself that wasn't true. Um, my net worth. The other oh, day, yeah. you like did you search like, that? Pe- well, I didn't ever. Just, I didn't search my net worth. The other day, I was trying to search for my website or something because we were doing updates to it. And if you type, you know, if you type in something, it always puts in after like it could be like Jake Owen, uh, whatever net worth mm-hmm. is Jake Owen gay is J- <laughs> whatever else pops up, and uh, and this and it, I saw like what's Jake Owen's net worth, and I was like fuck. I'd like to know my net worth right now. What is my, what's my net worth? And I, and I clicked on it. It was like $289 million. And I thought, wow. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. My net worth's 290. Type in Jake Owen's net worth and see what this says. I see 10 million. You see 10 million right now? Yeah. Uh, well, it goes everywhere between 2 million to 180 million. There was one in there that was like 255 million. Dang. But that that was That's before my Owen divorce. With his that was, oh yeah, that was before divorce. Yeah. All right, bud. Um, we're gonna call it a day. It's been a great one. Yeah, it's, it's been it really a good night. Been. It's, it's been a good talk. It's always been a fantastic. I appreciate your one. books, by the way. I told you, I texted you, reached out to you. The new one's great. Fail until you don't. Are you being facetious? No, dude. I have them both on audiobooks. I, I I'll be honest with you. I did not read them physically. Hold it in my hand it's and read. Same. Anyway, you can but I listen to it in my car. I appreciate that. And um, also listen to music. And I, cool. I message him. Be like, and and I'll, can I tell you something about just real quick about yeah. about your book that I like? Which one about the, you? The, the new one. one. The new one. Okay. Um, 
I don't know if I texted you about this, but so a friend of mine in town, um, we'll just call him Wes. Okay, he has two two sons, and he has this like his. He just talked about to me for a lot of years. He's such a great dad, and um, but he never. And I love my dad. I talk to him all the time and whatever. And he just he's like, yeah, my dad and I are. You know, we just haven't talked to him all. We just don't see eye to eye and blah blah blah. And I always told him I was like, man, you just need to one day just go over to your dad's house, which isn't far from where he lives, and just go say, dad, like I miss uh, my kids deserve you to be a part of their life, and let's let's work this out between us so we're not jeopardizing them of what could be. And anyways, in your book, I was I loved it when I got to the part where you talked about meeting your dad and meeting him at that barbecue place and like it it I was happy for you, man, because uh it was one of those things where in all of our lives there's so many situations. I work with a guy right now that has, you know, issues with his father and and I think life's too short and it just made me feel good. I just want to say that like as a person that knows you and then also read your book to know and I don't know where you're at now with that where that went from there um, but the way you described it in your book and and standing there with him you know trying to figure out what you're going to eat and uh, and then that moment of him like you know him, him pulling up in the parking lot and you being like is that him you know is that his, it's cool it was really Thanks, man. it was really cool and I'm blessed man I come from a family where like I don't know what it would be like to not have my dad around and uh so it was just cool to know, you know, see you do that. And my buddy that I told you about did do that. He went and talked to his dad. And it's all, and like, it's really cool now. And it's all good. And I just think sometimes it just takes taking that chance. And I think for whether it's you or whether it's the people that read your book and what you're doing, I think to get if anybody else out there that's listening, to if you have, whether it's your dad or whether it's your brother or whether it's anything, um, life's so short that it's important to, to go and let them know that, like, hey, man. I love you, and let's figure this out because I don't want to. I don't want to take this with me wherever I'm going. So that's nice. I appreciate. Just want to say that, yeah, man. I'm glad you did. Sorry, I hope that wasn't no. too too deep. Uh, it, it can't be. I hope you find a girlfriend. Thank you very much, uh, Jake Owen. When, uh, what's today? Like the extra day we're recording this. Seventh. Yeah. When can you, I do like one of those things one day? Can I do what? like yes, the Bob? Can I sing like one of the Bobby Bones? Come to the studio. All you I have to do, do is grab a microphone. I hear people do it sometimes. Like pretty much everybody's done it, but you. Yeah. Can I make up a rap though? Yeah, you know what we should do? My company's kind of on me because they want me to like write a funny song so they can play it. Like they they need a new like. <sighs> yeah, I got you. We should get together and write a song. Love to. And then like so I can just record a raging idiot song. You can even produce it from your house if you want. You have a studio still up in your house? Uh, well, I moved. I built a new place. Yeah. Did you build a studio or no? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. Well, we can do it wherever. We should write a song and I could just put a song out. So leave me alone. Yeah, man. Because you're fun. You're funny. Sounds. Oh wait, wait. Can I real quick? Go. Can I? Can I show you something? Go ahead. Okay, so one of the other endeavors that I want to get on now, you know, that I have... Well, by the way, I'm having another girl. The next baby is a girl. I have a name for her. I haven't yeah. told anyone. I can release it right now if you'd like me to. Go ahead. Her name's going to be Paris. Paris Hartley Owen. And uh, Paris and Pearl. But Pearl uh, loves unicorns. And so i keep telling her that she's got to represent for all the other six-year-olds out there like there's not enough music about unicorns so i started like making beats and stuff and uh i made up this beat and we kind of wrote this song about a unicorn i'm just gonna play a little snippet of it uh but speaking of which man i'm really i want to get in the game on like making songs for kids i did a kid's record cracker barrel bought it it'll it did fantastic it. it'll kill the it. raging kitty is what it was it was the best thing we ever did so good and i kept thinking about that like there's not i mean we're all making i bet you could almost make so much more money singing like selling kids songs not that this is about money but it's, it's business right 
putting out a kids album would probably do yeah. better than putting some people putting out regular music right now. It's pretty crazy. Anyway, uh, Unicorn right here produced this uh, with my girl Pearl. Hold up here. I'm gonna finish this song with it. She's have all these kids. You light up, man. When you, yeah, when you my name is Pearl. I'm a cool girl. And I got myself a unicorn, unicorn. <laughs> uh, good to see you, man. All right, man. This uh, is fun. Thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, well, yeah, let's do that. Put that in your tasks list. We're going to write a song. All right. We got to do, do that somewhat soon because I bust them on. They're like, if you going to put a song out, put it out. All right, relax. Um, let's do that. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Jake Owen. Uh, check out Jake's music. He's gonna have a record in March. You may hear this after March. Check out Jake's record. You just put it out. It's fantastic. It's a full record. I, I just listen check to it, it out. It's, it's out. It's People life changing. It. Yeah, everybody loves it. Uh, all right, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tecovis.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tecovis.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.